G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. I wonder if you've ever had some sort of aspiration to serve God on the mission field and whether those thoughts have gone through your mind, maybe we'll go somewhere that's nice and the culture is similar to what I'm experiencing at home or will I go somewhere that might be really testing, a little bit like going back in time to the book of Acts, going to a particularly difficult nation, perhaps one that's gripped by poverty or has all sorts of animistic religious overtones where my Christianity will come into stark contrast. And what would I do with my children, raising my children on the mission field? Well, let's give some attention to the idea of raising family on the mission field today with Tim and Melanie Downs. Melanie has written a book and it's called Jump Into the Unknown. They tell their story of 12 years in Malawi. That's a nation in Africa, which is one of the poorest nations on earth, and the culture is very animistic. People are very superstitious. There's all sorts of witch doctors and occult practices. Well, Tim and Melanie, a special welcome back to 2020. Uh, Tim, a special welcome to you first. Yeah, thank you. Very good to be here. And Melanie, wonderful to hear of your book. Uh, Welcome along to you. Yeah, thanks. It's great to be here. Melanie, let's start with you as mum. When you took your children to the mission field in Malawi, I'm not sure what you expected there, but raising children in tough contexts like yours can't have been an easy thing. No, I remember working through that um, here in Australia and hearing the advice of my family and friends who were pretty much telling me not to go. And one of those things is, do I listen to my heart or do I listen to those around me? Um, it, was a, it was a tough choice knowing what we were walking into. You no doubt leave career behind and you leave behind all of the comforts of Australia to go to somewhere like Malawi. And when you arrived in Malawi, Tim, that must have been a difficult place to be. Give us an idea of what sort of home you were able to establish there and, and you had your children in that same context. Yeah, okay. So, you know, we um, went over with an organisation, the Australian Baptist Mission, and they had had a work there operating for a number of years before we landed on the ground. So there'd been some work parties and some different Aussies who went over and they'd built a house where we had, um, you know, we had some backup power and we had a a, um, septic tank and we had a well that used to fill the tank for us. So we had good running water. So for us, in that sense, you know, it was a very simple house, but a great house. I guess what really stood out is as soon as you looked over the fence, your direct neighbours were living in a mud hut with a grass roof, um, drawing water from a well um, and living out of a field that they would plant and plough. So, yeah, that contrast, just it smacks you. It just goes, wow, this is our new existence. And, you know, what is, what is life going to look like? Melanie, how old were your children when you did arrive in Malawi? Yep, so our boys were two and four, 
Um, and to make matters worse, Clayton had a food protein intolerance. So he was a very sick child for the first 18 months of his life. I were in and out of hospital for the whole time. Um, so not only was he two years old coming into this situation, he was a very sick two years old, um, two year old. So that was very hard as a parent to decide that we were going to go and not really listen to the advice of the medical community, but to just believe that God would care for our children. Tim, how do you educate children on the mission field when you don't have a special school that you can send them to? Yeah, that's right. Um, So, yep, we came up through the Australian uh, School of Distance Ed education process. Fortunately, my wife is a teacher, so um, she was able to jump on with the curriculum that was sent over. But, yeah, I mean, it's just a different scenario. You don't have a teacher that your kids get up and go to school to. They sort of clear a bit of the kitchen table and you pull out your school books and you go, okay, let's do Monday. Um, Yeah, it's a challenge. Melanie, when you're raising children on the mission field, and as you say, uh, not all your friends and family are always positive, uh, thinking that you're somehow rather disadvantaging disadvantaging your family. Is that the way you see it now in hindsight, uh, with their disadvantages, or are your kids shaped in such a way that, well, they just know what it is to serve God in mission, and they're well-rounded, and they've got some dimensions to their lives that others don't. How do you describe your kids, and and uh, in contrast, to the way some people might have been critical? Yes, I know. At the, at the point where you're doubting, it's not very easy to just um, stay the course. But look, we have had a great track record. We can look back in the history of our time in Malawi and see the miracles. I mean, Clayton, when he first went there, he drank a whole cup of full cream dairy milk, and that would have sent him into a huge reaction where we didn't have a hospital to go to. That was in our first couple of weeks there, and Tim and I sat there watching him thinking, this is it, our child might die. And turns out he just sat and looked back at us the whole time. Um, From then on in, he never had a reaction. So in our step of obedience, we saw our youngest child be healed from something that had haunted him for his first 18 months of his life. That was a great step of confidence for me to go, God has my child. Since then, we've had a very steep learning curve in terms of the spirit world. Um, I think we all talk about our kids being scared at night time, maybe the boogeyman. We had to work through the point where the boogeyman is real and there possibly is something in your room. So let's pray and this is how you pray and let's mean it. Because Jesus is more powerful and our children have learned to hang on to that name and have the faith, as simple as it was, in the God that they were learning about. Um, it's a very practical way, application for teaching your children Bible stories. Wow. I mean, when we hear about the boogeyman and you're in a culture like Malawi where there are witch doctors and occult practices and people are very spiritualistic in that culture, uh, then teaching kids about things like that and how to have some level of control and power over those, how much then, Tim, does that Christian understanding, that Christian training of our children make a difference to how you confront those sorts of fears that so many people face? Yeah, for sure. I, I guess, you know, maybe sitting some places in Australia in the comfort of your lounge room watching a TV show, if your kids get a bit nervous when they're watching something, you can say, you know what, it's just a movie. It's just a movie. 
Um, well, we didn't have the the comfy lounge room or the TV shows. We had the stories from their mates out in the village, and we had the occurrences of things in their real life. So I guess we sat down as a family. We got out the Bible and said, well, what do we do in these situations? Um, what, what I want to share is that, you know, this as a father and bringing my boys up in this culture, yeah, I, I was anxious and I was concerned, and I guess it's now that we can look back after 12 years. God is the ultimate good father. And he says it in really, really simple terms. He goes, what kind of father would give his son a, a scorpion if he asked for an egg? We read about this in Luke 11, I think. What kind, of son, what kind of father would give his son a snake if he asked for a fish? And I guess what God was saying is that I am a good father. Actually, I am the best father. So now when I look back in hindsight, all I can do is say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity that you afforded us to bring our kids up in this different community to give them the different worldview and the different experiences that have, have created a couple of young, well-rounded, resilient lads who who don't just have stories of, of mum and dad, but they have their own stories of faith. And, and Jesus is real for them. And, you know, if, if as a parent I get to instill that into my boys, then I just see that as, as nothing short of a privilege. Melanie, lack of medical care, going through hardships, uh, eating different foods, uh, having different friends, and uh, the development of your children. While some people might think, well, uh, why would you sacrifice that when you can have an Australian, westernised, advanced technological culture uh, that your children might be missing out on? But I suspect those younger years are formative in a whole lot of different ways. I imagine that now that they're older teenagers are coming back to do their higher schooling and perhaps potentially tertiary level studies, that they can have the best of both worlds. They can grow up in that world and then grow up also in a world where they can have access to this best stuff when they come home later. Yes. Yeah, look, it is, it is a great thing. We often, in child development get our foundations in the first five years of life. So what we value from then on in dictates our behaviour and our choices. So having our children cling very tightly on to values of love, of generosity, of service, of humility, those values will hold them no matter where they go in the world. We're very quick to say that... Um, Success isn't necessarily financial and happiness doesn't come from having a lot of money. They're very sure of themselves in that who they are, their identity, and hanging on to those principles as a parent is something I want for you know all children, not just my own. But I think that we in the Western world can get that messed up, thinking that if we provide our children everything that they could ever want, we're actually going to bring them happiness. But happiness is just a byproduct of a security in knowing identity. So we, we've really appreciated that our kids have had a worldview that you can be happy and contented with very little if you value the right things. I imagine there'd be a lot of people that you would talk to, uh, Tim, when it comes to serving God in mission. 
And one of the blockages that some people might feel is though, well, we've got young children and I'm not sure we want to expose them to all sorts of things that might be dangerous in the mission field context. I think, Tim, you mentioned there's a lesson in trusting God with your children. And uh, I wonder if you can reflect on that trust in God with your own children as an assurance to perhaps those who might be thinking about a career serving God in mission in the way that you have. Yeah, look, I, I, I think it's very true that God still calls people. Actually, that's not my idea. That That is very clear in Scripture. We, we read a passage that says we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. And I truly believe that for some, that will be serving on the mission field. I also think it would be a very rare scenario for someone to find themselves in that position where all the ducks actually row up, um, line up, where, where they've got their house paid off, where it works easy for um, them to finish up their job, where it works well, where both sets of parents or in-laws are in agreement with the idea of taking grandkids away. I, I think it would be very rare to find yourself in that scenario. My understanding is if God has called you, then it really comes down to a matter of obedience. And as an expression of our discipleship, when God says go, our role is to say yes. And part of that jumping and stepping forward is to just trust that our good God will do what, is, what, what he will do. He is true to his word. We have a saying in our family, we can gamble on God's goodness. Like whilst we don't know what it's going to be like in Malawi, we, know, we don't know what it's like, but we know who will be there and that's our God so yeah my encouragement to those people who have felt a call in their life yeah mate this might come across a bit tough but you've just got to be obedient and do what God calls you to do trusting that he will tie up loose ends that we can't and and I think maybe success and failure in ministry is purely is purely that it's whether you're obedient or not Wow. Words that I think are loaded with wonderful wisdom and obedience to God. And I know that, Tim, you and Melanie, your story is told in the book, Jump Into the Unknown, uh, Raw Life Lessons Over 12 Years, Learning to Trust God, and not only with your own safety, but the safety of your own children, raising children on the mission field in a different culture with a different worldview. Wonderful getting your insights today. Let me point listeners to getting a hold of the book. And uh, you can get the book from places like Kurong Books. It's called Jump Into the Unknown. The author is Melanie Downs. There's a Melanie Downs website, melaniedowns.com. And to connect in mission, globalinteraction.org.au. And that's where you might be able to find uh, Tim and Melanie. Uh, Their names will be listed there and you'll be able to connect with them. No doubt uh, there are all sorts of financial needs and such things as well, but globalinteraction.org.au. Tim and Melanie Downs. Thank you so much to the two of you for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you. Yeah, top stuff. Thank you. It's been an honour. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.